Uh, I'd like to start by just saying um, I'm encouraged that the Edgars will be here soon, but I want to thank you for the privilege of being able to serve this summer. Um, being here has been um, a great natural encouragement for my soul in the preparation and my time, so thank you for that. Um, we're going to look this morning at Psalm 13. The last couple of weeks, we've looked at the security of our salvation. Last week, we looked at the surety of our resurrection. This week, we're going to take a hard turn, and we're going to look at what happens when God is silent in the sadness. So Psalm 13, uh, it's printed in the bulletin, the order of worship, I think. Nope. Is it? It's not. Um, If you want to read it, it's on page 453 of the Blue Pew Bible in front of you, or you may have a phone or your Bible with you. Um, So Psalm 13, Uh, again, like I say every day, this is God's good, kind word that stands over you and I this morning, because God is good in all his works and faithful in all his doing, and his word stands forever. So, God's kind word for you. To the choir master, a psalm of David. How long, O Lord, will you forget me forever? How long will you hide your face from me? How long must I take counsel in my soul and have sorrow in my heart all the day? How long shall my enemy be exalted over me? Consider and answer me, O Lord my God, light up my eyes, lest I sleep the sleep of death, lest my enemies say I have prevailed over him, lest my foes rejoice because I am shaken. But I have trusted in your steadfast love. My heart shall rejoice in your salvation. I will sing to the Lord because he has dealt bountifully with me. Let's pray and ask the Lord to bless his word in our time. Jesus, consider us and answer us. For Jesus' sake we ask. Amen. Um, If you are over the age of 24, you may have to look up TikTok. Okay, you may know what that is. So there's a TikTok star, her name's Charlie D'Amelio, I think that's how you, I'm not how you pronounce it. Go look her up. TikTok is this amazing platform where these snippets of videos are taken. They started out as a really fun platform. This girl is 18 now, 17, 18. She has 120 million followers. What's interesting about her is that when she posts something on TikTok within half an hour, she can have upwards of 100,000 responses. So you think about like that, 100,000 people responding to some funny little dance that she puts out there, a smiley emoji or a thumbs up, whatever it is that she does, right? So pick whatever platform you communicate with. If you're 16 to 18, you're Snapchatting somebody. If you're 18 to 20, you're private instinct. If you're over 18 or 25, maybe you're texting. If you're 40 and over, you're Facebooking. If you're older than that, you're still writing letters, right? Pick whatever communication platform you want. Say you post or write or send or, God forbid, you're in the room with people and you tell a piece of news about your life that is particularly hard 
and sad. And there is silence. Like you just posted on Facebook that you got a terrible diagnosis. There's no responses. No one says anything. You know that feeling of loss? What do we do when God himself is silent? When we have actually been praying for COVID and cancer and conflict and difficulty and justice and hardship and loneliness, what do we do when God seems to be silent? So I, how do we access this reality that we experience at times as Christians? So I, I want to give you three quick kind of intros to this text. One is who it is that's writing is important. This is David. So this is the warrior king David. This is the guy who was skilled in battle. And it's not that he's a guy. It's though that David as a king was tough. There are lots of you out there who are tough. David killed people up close. He is skillful in the hard things and the tough things of life. A skillful warrior who was actually also very much in touch with his feelings and the sadness that he experienced in life. I say that to everybody in the congregation who lives in a world where what you're actually told to be is tough. And I say especially to the 15 to 25-year-old girls of the world who sit here and you've been marketed one thing. Anything you can do, I can do better. And if you think you're tough, I can be tougher. David was both tough and a skillful warrior. Toughness is not the end. Secondly, David actually doesn't tell us what the circumstance is behind his sadness. And I think that's really helpful because I think it's broad and open. The third thing I want you to know is that this is in the Psalter. It's in the Psalms. It's part of the worship of the people of God. We're to rehearse this reality in our lives, okay? So the big question is, what do we do when God is silent? And I want you to see that David responds in three ways. I want you to hear the questions that we ask. I want you to hear the requests that we make. And I want you to hear the perspective that we have. The questions that we ask when there is silence, seeming silence from God. What are the things that we ask of him? How do we speak to him? What do we say? Then the requests that we ask him, what do we ask him to do in those moments? And then third, the perspective that we take in those things. So first, the questions. David, in the middle of this, and we're not sure what it is, looks up and says three different times, Lord, how long? The questions that we ask when God seems to not be responding, when he seems to be far off, when the heavens seem to be like solid steel and our prayers don't get through, David in that moment asks these big three questions, but they're all in light of this thing, how long? How long, Lord? You hear him say it four times directed in three ways. There is how long directed upward, there is how long directed inward, and there is how long directed outward. The upward is verse 1. How long, O oh Lord, will you forget me? How long will you hide your face from me? When God doesn't seem to respond, David picks up the covenantal language that God promises these things. I'll be with you. I'll be present. I'll be your God. I won't forsake you. I'll be near you. And he says, Lord, how long will the way you've promised not be my experience? There's an upward reality that we pray. 
there's also an inward reality. It says, how long do I have to take counsel in my soul and have this sorrow all the day? And when the circumstances of our life and when the difficulty of God not seeming to respond are a real part of who you are, David does not shy away from the sadness and the reality of sadness that pervades his daily existence. Do you hear him, the warrior king, saying, how long do I have to be sad all day long? And then it's outward. How long will my enemy exalted over me? In the Psalms, there is always this view to the fact that we have a concern about the enemies of God. This is not that my neighbor keeps his porch light on at night. That's not the enemy we're talking about. I'm going to come back to the enemy. There is an upward element. There's an inward element. There's an outward element. And the questions we ask are a picture of what you and I do as Christians. What life of faith looks like when God seems to be silent in our prayers and our responses and our longings in the middle of our sadness. And my question for you is, can you access how long? Can you enter into how long? That that question that David asks is actually not a lack of faith. It is actually the picture of faith. That this question of, Lord, will you respond, is not a lack of him entering in with God. It is actually the life of faith and conversation with God. How long can you do that? So there's a question, can you do it? But there's also the beauty of why this is in the Bible. I love that this is the life of faith. Guys, when God doesn't seem to respond, this is your privilege and this is your freedom. I have been lonely for years. Lord, how long? I have been praying for a job for years. Oh, Lord, how long? My friend in California, you who have heard me mention, he got cancer. They prayed and prayed and prayed and prayed. And the answer seemed to be silence and the cancer got worse. And she had the freedom and Jameson had the freedom to pray until his dying breath. Lord, how long? When you see injustice, hate, family dysfunction. Can you access this how long with God? Can you sit in that with Him? Because He calls you to. Look, Henry, Matthew Henry long ago said this, long afflictions try our patience and they often tire it. It's a common temptation when trouble lasts long to think it will last always. Despondency turns into despair And those that have long been without joy begin at last to be without hope. Lord, tell me how long you'll hide your face. That right there is the expression of faith. The how long is so honest it makes us nervous, doesn't it? Because what if the how long is longer than it's already been if we go to God? 
It's honesty without irreverence. There's not a hint of blasphemy in here. Psalm 14, the next psalm, is actually going to speak about people who, in their unbelief, say there is not a God at all and it doesn't matter. What David is doing is he's honestly saying that the worst thing that he can seem is that this sadness goes on and on and on. And the promises and the God that he thinks he knew, he doesn't seem to answer. And that's the question of faith. It's a picture of it. And guys, I, just let me do a couple things. There is a cultural moment that I think moves us away from ever stopping long enough to enter into this sadness and sitting with God in it. Don't hear preacher, we hate, like not all preachers hate technology and the internet. That's not what I'm after. But in the cultural moment where you can have uh, Netflix and you can have a screen at every moment, you can have a distraction at every moment, you can turn and be kind of sti stimulated in every different way and never have to enter into that. The picture of the life of faith is that we sit with God in this stuff. Which actually, I think, lets us say that we need to be careful that we don't shame people's how long. We don't mitigate people's how long. We be careful that we don't jump in and throw biblical verses on top of their how long. I don't know how long David prayed how long. It's a short psalm. But he was willing to say to you and I that he has been arguing and praying and sad with God days and days and days on end. I think the other thing that we do is we need to be careful that we don't diminish, and I said that, the how longs of other people and what they are. There are elements of the church of Jesus both in this country and around the world, who have faced very difficult things for who they are for years, and we're to enter into those realities. The first thing is this picture of the questions that we have for God. That is the freedom of faith, to look at God and say, Lord, how long will you be silent? How long will I be sad? Can you do that? Access your how long. That leads David to this second thing, and that is the request that he makes when that is reality. The, the request that God makes, he picks up in three and four, and he says this, consider and answer me, O Lord my God. And then he goes on to talk about lighting up my eyes, lest the enemy kind of have this triumph, let the enemy get the last word. And what I love is, is the request that David makes when God seems to be silent is very bold. And I love that the request is actually a command. It, it actually doesn't say kind of, would you? It's put in this like language of speaking directly to God. He has the freedom because he knows who his God is to look with humility in the middle of his sadness to say, consider Lord and answer me. It's directive to God. That the life of faith is one of absolute dependence that says... Lord, I'm in the ring, and I'm getting the chair, and I need you to tag in, because I'm getting thumped. Consider, Lord, and answer me. Come and return, and I'm going to pick up from a friend of mine, Brian Habig, who says that in light of the covenant blessing and the ironic blessing, 
that what God says is the blessing upon his people is that God would be gracious to his people and turn his face towards them. That he'd be present. What we ask God to do is we ask him to come and be present with us. And that idea of that he wants light to shine in his eyes is the biblical imagery of life. That God gives his people light and life. That when God is present and he gives his presence, what people are is given a fullness of life and goodness even if our circumstances are not necessarily changed. Lord, consider and answer me. Come and be present with me. And I, when, when we had graduation, oh, a couple months ago, when Kate graduated high school, it was at the Farrington Field, and uh, we searched for her for 30 minutes afterwards, which was really fun, in June heat. And, right, we, we found her, and uh, Anderson, who she's heard this before, so she knows this is coming. Right? When she saw her sister, what hit her at that moment was her sister was about to go and leave. She just kind of broke down. And her instinct in that moment was actually just to wrap her arms around her sister. And Kate, in that moment, recognized that what she needed and what her sister needed was a presence. And there's this beautiful embrace. Because the presence of the person whom we trust actually reshapes the way we understand our circumstances and our and what David prays and what our request is, God, consider and listen and then give light to my eyes and fill me with the joy of your presence and fill me with the joy of your salvation and give me an understanding that your covenant promises are true. Be with me. It is a boldness and a willingness to ask in faith that God would break the silence. Which is interesting because David is not simply treating God as a mean to an end. I do think it's fascinating that David's prayer in this moment is not just change my circumstances. Hear me. Do we have the freedom to say and pray, Lord, please heal cancer? Yes. Do we have the freedom? Should we, with absolute freedom, say, Lord, please, I need a job. I need to provide. Absolutely. Should we pray for, Lord, I've been lonely. I need community and people in my... Absolutely. But what David's first order of desire is, Lord, be near me and be present with me. And I think it's actually also fascinating that he references the enemy, but it doesn't pray for the enemy's demise at this point. How should we pray for these circumstances? We want God to listen and respond and represent, even if our circumstances don't change. And guys, this is difficult, but this is true. This is what we want. Even if the enemy wins and we go down to the dust, we want to go down with the assurance that God is with us and that we have the joy of the things we've spoken about the last few weeks. The questions we ask are, Lord, how long? The request that we make of God is this. Lord, break the silence and come near and be present. And then he turns to this perspective in silence. He looks in verse 5 and 6 
And in the midst of all of that, when we have looked and we have said to God the honesty of our sorrow and lingered in our silence and lingered in our silence, there is perspective that David seems to have. And that perspective is bidirectional. Because in verse 5 and 6, he looks backwards and he looks forward. He says, Lord, I have trusted in your steadfast love. And you have dealt bountifully with me. Part of the perspective when God is silenced is that he looks from the perspective of going backwards. Jesus, I have seen what you have promised me. This is part of the beauty of our baptism. We look backwards to say that we trusted with our children or when we made a profession, we know who God was. And in the midst of these times when God seems to be silent and distant, we go back. I've trusted in your steadfast love. I've seen you work. I've seen your goodness. There are moments in the past where I have known and tasted your presence and its fullness and its goodness. And I look back to that. Which is, which is interesting. You know David. Think about who David was. The run of kind of the long line of children, the last of the sons who God picked and chose. Who when Saul was trying to kill him, God provided safety for. Who when he was being chased around the mountains and hiding in caves, God kept his life. Who's been made king and given riches. David looks back on God's covenant Blessings and kindness is part of the perspective of how he views the current silence. It's kind of like relational capital. You've heard me talk about this counselor in Jackson, this friend of mine by the name of John Cox, who says that in relationships there are two kinds of love. There is receiving love and there is keeping love. Part of the perspective of the people of God is that we look backwards and we see how God has been steadfast to us through the ages, that we would look forward. And he says this, my heart, it will rejoice. He says, I will sing in the future. That my perspective in these moments is that I look back, Jesus, and I look at the way in which, God, you have been faithful and you have been kind and I've tasted of your presence, of your goodness. That helps me get some vision and perspective in the current moment because I know that in the future I will sing. And I think it's important that we look and we don't say... So I'm just going to sing right now. David doesn't kind of do the all is well, everything's fine. Let's just put on the brave smile. It is this idea that what David says is when God is silent, I may not be singing now. I know I will. The circumstances may be dark. God, you may not be responding. I have tasted of your goodness. I will sing in the future. I do think 
that part of the practices of the people of God, please do not hear me say, don't undo what we've just done. Don't hear me say that we just wash over the sadness and the sorrow. It's that we actually enter into it. We do the scary thing of when God seems silent, of taking it to him and crying out and saying, Lord, how long, how long will this last? How long will this go on? How long will you feel like you're distant? Please listen. And I know where you have been with me. And I will soon. I will. Do you, do you, can you access this, this art and this practice of God? It is terrible now. But I do know what you promised. I will soon. Because we walk the way of the one who has walked before us. We walk the way of one who is hung on the cross and said, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me so that you and I who walk after him will be assured of the things that are true? That silence will not be the last word, that God's presence will be the last word. We ask the question, Lord, how long? Guys, I need you to hear those of you who feel as if God is silent. He has not left, even though that voice may be distant. Faith is not putting on a brave face. Faith is entering into your sadness and going to God and with honesty asking him, how long? And then it is boldly looking and accessing the covenant blessings and saying, I want you to be true to your word. Come and be with me and light up my eyes. And I will hang on to this. It is dark now. But I know my future. Would that be our experience as the people of God?